We uh, appreciate you all spending uh, Memorial Day, uh, at least the, the Memorial Day Eve, I guess we could call it, uh, with us. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I know that everybody's got a, a ton of things to do and, and so many things going on, but we appreciate you spending time with us today. Um, also, I uh, hope that, that you take a, take a moment uh, at some point this weekend and just kind of remember uh, those who have fallen. Uh, you know, I, for all of our faults uh, in America, it still is a pretty great country, and, and there are a lot of people who, who uh, gave the ultimate sacrifice uh, so that we can enjoy freedom, so that we don't have to uh, constantly look over our shoulders. Um, so I appreciate that. I appreciate those who have, who have given uh, that ultimate sacrifice. We appreciate that. Okay, amen. So let me start out by, uh, I, I just want to pray. Um, I, I think uh, I, I always had a, uh, and I might have even mentioned this here before, I, I always had a, a pastor who said, let's, let's pray for the word, let's pray for the word, and then uh, pretty soon he realized that the word doesn't need prayer. Like, I need prayer, so I'm, I'm going to pray for me if you're, if you're okay with that for a second. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, Lord God, and we pray that, uh, that your word would be delivered with authority and anointing today, Father God, and I pray that um, your word would touch hearts, that you would minister to us. Have your way here today, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I get to kick off a new series for us today. Uh, and, I, and to do that, I want to just start out uh, by asking a question. I want to ask everybody, who likes to travel in here? Are there any travelers out there? I see a bunch of hands, actually. I, I am a I, I am a, uh, I, I like traveling sometimes. I don't like traveling all the time. I'm not like one of those people that need to be on the road all the time and, and flying around. But, but I do like traveling sometimes. I like going to new, some new places, meeting some new people, just getting out uh, of, of the status quo and, and wherever you're at uh, for any given day. You, you just kind of get out and enjoy yourself. So I, I do remember a few, few uh, years ago, my family and I took a trip to uh, Virginia Beach. Uh, we were going down with family. With, with my parents were in the back, and um, uh, my sister and brother-in-law. Uh, we were going down to to spend some time down in Virginia Beach, and and just enjoy the time. We were real excited about it. So, uh, getting ready for this, I I take some time, and I I figure, well, it's a nine-hour trip. We could do it in a day, but let's let's spend the night. Let's let's split it up and just take some time and enjoy the trip down. We we can go leisurely down to to Virginia Beach and enjoy ourselves, right? So I I get on the the internet, uh, the, the, you know, the fount of all knowledge, the internet, and, um, and book a hotel. It was a national chain. I didn't really think much about it. I did kind of glance at the ratings on it, and they were not the best. But I said, how bad can it be? It's a, it's a national chain, right? So, uh, well, lo and behold, we get to Delaware, and I have never seen a hotel room like this. I have never seen... We had, there was no smoke detector. Where the smoke detector was supposed to be, there were like wires hanging out of the wall. It was dirty. It was probably from the 1960s. And, um, and the thing that really surprised me about the thing was, I have never seen a bottle opener in the bathroom. There was a bottle. I cannot imagine <laughs> who on earth would get out of the shower and say, that was a long shower. I got to have me a brewski. Where's the bottle opener? I, I just cannot imagine why you would put a bottle opener in a bathroom. But this place had a bottle opener in a bathroom. So we, uh, we decided, we were tired, so we, we, we went to sleep and decided we, we would take our chances and, and uh, kind of hope to escape with our lives uh, out of there. And we did. We did. Um, 
We made it out of Delaware and, and down to Virginia Beach, and we had an awesome time at Virginia Beach. We enjoyed the, you know, the sand and the ocean, and we went to the aquarium and, and enjoyed family. We had a great, great time. And, and as we look at uh, what we're going to talk about today, I want, us to, I want us to keep in the back of our mind that sometimes when we're uh, on a journey, there are bumps in the road, aren't there? Sometimes there are potholes, but I want us to remember that the destination is worth that. That if we're heading to the right destination, I should say, I don't, every destination isn't worth that. But as we're heading to the right destination, it's worth it. It's worth the potholes, it's worth the trouble, it's worth the distress sometimes that we, uh, that we have to plow through to get to that destination, to get to the place that we want to be. So let's keep that in the back of our mind as, as we kind of walk through this. So the, the series that we're kicking off today is the Songs of Ascent. And if you're like me, you didn't have any idea what the Songs of Ascent were or are. And uh, so I'm going to just kind of do it just, just by way of introduction and by way of just kind of explanation. I want to just kind of get us into what these Songs of Ascent are all about. Basically what it is is, is uh, Psalms 120 through 134. Uh, if you look at the, there's like always, uh, or many times in the Psalms, there's that little title on top. The, uh, it's a superscript, or a, I call it a title. Um, and they're, they're titled Songs of Ascent, or in some fashion they, they uh, allude to the fact that it's a song of ascent. And what that is, is um, some scholars believe that, uh, that um, the, the Hebrews had three annual festivals each year that they were required to go to at Jerusalem. And, and many scholars believe that, that, that's, that the songs of ascent were songs or psalms that they sang on the road leading up to Jerusalem on, on the way to these annual festivals, right? So they're, they were kind of moving along, and they were um, songs of ascent. So they're, they're, they're uh, just kind of recounting the, the deeds of God, and they're, they're, they're gaining insight into what it means to step into the presence of God and, and, and what God's done for them. They're, they're just remembering these things as they're ascending the hill into Jerusalem. Uh, some, some other scholars believe, and maybe uh, one or both of these are true, that, uh, that it, it could have been the, the, the Levites when they, when they ascended the steps into the temple. They ascended the steps, and on each of the 15 steps, they sang one of these songs of ascent. So either way, the, the, the imagery or the allegory, I guess, is clear that, that these songs of ascent were meant to, uh, to kind of give us insight in what it means to, to go up into the presence of God, to, to go up into the place that he dwells. Amen? So that's what we're looking at today. So all these songs of ascent, as we... As we plow through them over the summer, I think we're pretty much most of the summer, we're going to be kind of hitting these songs of ascent uh, all the way through. So I'm going to start at Psalm 120 today, and we're going to take a look at that. Um, and I, I want us to kind of prepare our hearts, just like the, the Hebrews did on the way to Jerusalem. They prepared their hearts as they, they went into the presence of God. And I want us to learn how to do that, to learn how to, how to walk and, 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 and ascend the hill of God. All right, and, and I want to just also uh, kind of mention as we kick this off um, that, uh, that we do need to ascend. And, and, I, and I had my own little uh, work up on this on why we need to ascend, but as we were in prayer this morning, um, I, I think that a few of the folks prayed, prayed it better than I could have explained it anyways. And, and, and I just want to kind of bring up a couple of things that were prayed uh, today. So Raina prayed that, uh, God, you're above it. And, and, then, and then Caleb was praying about uh, God um, meeting hurting people. And, and I thought about that. I'm like, that's what this is all about. It's like God's above it all. Now, when, when, 
she said above it all, and, and, and some of the things that I read, it, it's not saying that he's above it and, and out of touch with us. As a matter of fact, we all know Jesus Christ came to earth. He sent Jesus to earth, right? He descended from heaven and came to us. But, but really, the idea wasn't about him descending. The idea was about him providing a way then for us to ascend to him, to, to get into his place, to get into his presence, right? So, so this is about... God being above it, but us getting up there where all the answers are, where all the, all the resources are, where his presence is, where, where he dwells. It's the place that we want to be, right? So, so, so that's what it's all about. And, and just a couple of things, a couple other things. Throughout the Bible, it talks about God most high. He's God most high. A, a bunch of places in the Bible it refers to him as God most high. Not just God, he's God most high, right? He's above, he's above it, like Raina said. Throughout the Bible, it says that he's high and lifted up. He's, he, he's up there. It's like we, we the, the analogy is like we, we need to get up there to him. That's why Jesus came down here to us so that we can get up here, uh, up there to him. Uh, in Hebrews 55, it, it, it tells us that, um, and this is God talking, my ways are higher than your ways, says the Lord. My ways are higher than your ways. So Jesus didn't come here so that he could kind of uh, step into our environment and, and take on us. He came down here so that we have a bridge to kind of go up there so that we can take on him, so that we can kind of uh, get into his presence and start to fill up with him in, 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 instead of us. We, we've been down here long enough, right? We, we know, uh, you know, we, we've been down in our own uh, sufferings and, and whatever else long enough to know that this is not necessarily the place we want to be. We, we need to know that, that we want to be and dwell with him. We want to be in his presence, Okay? Even though we, we walk and we sojourn through this place, we journey uh, through this earth, but we want to we journey in such a way that we're walking with him. Right? Yeah. Amen. All right, so, so this is also what I want. I, I also want to, uh, I, I had a, a pastor uh, when I was growing up. Um, he always told a story about uh, Enoch. Um, and in, in the Bible, in Genesis 5, it, it has a little blurb about him, you know, really, really small blurb about Enoch. But what it says about him was, was I think, profound. And, and, and our pastor always told, a, he, he kind of provided a narrative to that. So what it said in Genesis 5 is that he walked with God and he, and he was no more, for God took him. And then in Hebrews 11, it, talk, it po- kind of points back to that and, and gives up maybe a little, it expounds on that a little bit. And it says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. And was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, all right, and listen to this. He had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch pleased God. And, and my pastor always put this little narrative with it. Um, he always said that, uh, that Enoch, uh, you know, he would get up in the morning and, and, and walk out of his house. And he would, he would meet God. And they would walk throughout the day. And they would just journey together. And they would talk with one another and God would just pour into him and Enoch would soak it up and at the end of the day when the when when the uh the, you know the sun went down Enoch said uh, well I it's you know it's time for me to go home and they would do this day after day after day and, and they would walk farther and farther until pretty soon God said hey listen you're closer to my house than 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 we are to yours why don't you just come home with me and I love that because I think that that's um that's just a little picture I, you know that was that was my pastor putting a little narrative to it. But I, I can imagine that, that Enoch walked with God. It says he pleased God. He had that testimony that he pleased God, right? And that's, isn't that what we want to do with our walk? We want to walk with God, and we want to talk with him. 
And, and I, would, I would just love it if I was walking and talking with them and I would just know more. Hey, if one day I don't show up, don't, don't feel sorry for me because I'm, I'm, just, I'm just no more. I'm walking with God. Amen. I, I think that, that's what we want to be, isn't it? That, man, we, we have um, one of the things that Caleb was pr- praying this morning was about um, just people that are hurting. And so many of us are just going through the, the ringer so many times and we're hurting and we we're just need to walk. With, we, we need to learn that daily, and, and that's what these, these songs of ascent are about, I think, is daily that we need to walk with him and ascend into the place where he dwells. Okay, that's not just a once a year thing. I mean, they, they talk about that being three times a year with the Hebrews, but this is a daily thing that we need to learn how to walk and ascend the hill of God. Amen? Amen. So let's get into this. Uh, Psalm 120. In verse 1, it says, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. Deliver me, O Lord, from lying lips, from a deceitful tongue. What shall be given you, and what more shall, shall be done to you, you deceitful tongue? A warrior's sharp arrows with glowing coals of the broom tree. Apparently, I've burned very hot <laughs> the broom tree. Woe to me that I sojourn in Meshech, and that I dwell among the tents of Kadar. Too long have I had my dwelling among those who hate peace. I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. You see, there's a problem here, isn't there? Right off the bat, he is, he is uh, the, the, the author says that he is in distress. He's in distress. And why is he in distress? Because there's deceit and lies. It's like deceit and lies abound. And as I looked at this, uh, I could see that I, I don't believe that he's talking about just deceit, uh, the, the, the deceit of like kind of one person telling a, a little white lie about you or something like that. This is deceit that's more, uh, more embedded in the, the kind of the fabric of society. This is deceit that is um, kind of prevalent and, and kind of more prevalent is, is that deceit than, than the truth of God. These lies and deceit are pervasive in this society because it talks about uh, you know, a sojourning in Meshech and, and dwelling near the tents of Kedar. And what the commentaries say about that is the, these were peoples, these were people groups that were, were violent and barbarous and hostile. <laughs> these were not places that you would want to go. This is, this, is, uh, you know, this is more to Delaware than the Virginia Beach in my story, <laughs> if you know what I mean. These are places you don't want to be. You don't want to show up in, uh, near the tents of Kedar because, you know, you may not make it out. Um, so, so there were things, this, this, was, this was pervasive, this was something that was happening in that society, in that place, in that, in that region. This is, this is a place that brought him to distress because there was falsehood, there was deceit, there were lies that permeated them. And we can relate to this, can't we? We can relate to a place where, where you know, the, the, the word of God, I, I guess if, if you could say maybe 50, 60 years ago, if you were to be alive at that point, you, you may be able to say that there, there was maybe a little more respect for like the word of God or Christianity or anything like that. I, I think that you could probably, um, even if somebody didn't, wasn't a Christian or, or didn't believe, there at least was a, a sense of uh, maybe deference to it or, or a sense that, yeah, that's, that's maybe some good stuff. But, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily believe it, but that's, that's some good stuff. Um, but but we, we, we've kind of live in a place today where it's, it's just, it's, um, it's 
almost violent against it. It's, it's, uh, there's, there's a hatred towards it in many, many respects. It's like, it's like we are in this place where Kadar and Meshech are, are around us as well. I mean, it's, that's what he was describing here, this place of, uh, of deceit, this place of falsehood, this place where, where lies abounded and the truth was far away. Amen? So this is, where, this is where he is. This is the problem that we see in Psalms 120. We, we have a, and, it, and it brings the author to, to, to uh, great uh, distress. And I want to look at this a little bit, because there's two ways that we can go when we're in a place like this, when we're in an environment like this. We can either go to God, or we can go away from God. And, and just a little, little hint uh, at, at the end of uh, the, the, the series here, or the sermon here, is that he went to God, right up front, didn't he? He, he called out to God in his distress, he was distressed. He knew where to go with that. So we need to know where to go with that. I wanna, so I want to look at this in, in terms of a, a, another verse in, in the New Testament. And I want to kind of take a look at uh, these two ways, these two paths that we could take. We could either go to God or away from God. And I want to look at it uh, in terms of an analogy in James, James 1. And, and it, the analogy is of a mirror, okay? So let's read James 1, 23 and 24. I don't think this is not going to be on your screen. Um, but I want to take a quick look at this. In 23, it says, For if anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. You see, this, this uh, analogy that's set up here is talking about a mirror. Okay? And, and, and when that person looked in the mirror, he saw what he was. He saw who he was. He saw who he even could be, I believe. I used to look at that verse or those verses in maybe a little more negative sense. And I used to look at that like uh, we look in a mirror, uh, in the mirror of the word of God and just see all the things that are wrong with us, right? We see all the bad things like, oh, I don't match up here. I don't match up there. I don't, you know, it's, uh, I can never match up. But I think that uh, God kind of brought me to a place where I could kind of look at this in a little more of a positive sense, a little more of a, what I think that he's trying to get at here. is so when we look in the mirror of the word of God, we need to understand that that's, that shows us in just such pristine clarity who he made us to be. It shows us that he made us to be something greater than what we think we are. It shows us that, that he, his thoughts towards us are good and they're not evil. He showed us that he, he made us the head and not the tail. It showed us that, that he made us a royal priesthood and a holy nation, doesn't it? Listen, when, when we see the word of God, we need to understand that that is so clearly reflecting back to us who we are in him, who we are and who we're supposed to be. Now, we may see those things that don't match up, right? We may see those things that are just not quite matching up with God, and we may even have those times where, where we think, oh, we'll never get there. It's just never going to happen for me. It's just not going to be something that I will ever obtain. And you know what? It probably isn't. <laughs> we're, we're, none of us are ever going to walk this earth perfectly. But I'll tell you what, there's, there's a, <laughs> we're looking at the songs of ascent. We're, we're, we need to understand that this is a process and that God's bringing everything that he's bringing us through, all those Delaware hotels that we're going through, to get to the destination, he's bringing us through those things for a purpose. And he's bringing us through those things so that we can realize the things that we see when we look at the word of God. So that we can realize that, that perfect, clear, pristine image. 
But let's look at the other side of things. I don't know, for, for those of you who have kids or, or otherwise, I, I don't know if you ever have those mirrors in your house that um, have, like, fingerprints all over them and, you know, like a Cheerio stuck to it and maybe a crack down the middle of it. And, and when you look at that mirror, man, that, that doesn't, you, you can't see exactly what you're looking at, can you? <laughs> Or, or, or how about this? How many of you have ever gone to the, like those fun houses with the hall of mirrors and, and you walk into that, that room and, and, and you stand in front of the one and you're like nine feet tall and you step over and then you're like two feet tall and then 5,000 pounds it looks like you are and, you know, gigantic head. And those things distort, don't they? The reality of who you are. And I think that um, if we look at it that way, if we look at the fact that that uh, there is, not only is the word of God out there, uh, you know, calling to us in the streets, but there are other voices out there calling to us too. And they're, they're like those mirrors. If we look at that, if we look at those things and, and kind of uh, start to gaze into those funhouse mirrors and look at that and start to accept that as truth and start to accept that as, as who we are and who we were created to be, we need to understand that that's going to affect the way that we walk, that's going to affect our lives. It's going to affect um, everything about us. It's going to permeate our lives. You see, the, the, the thing is here, we, are, we may be dwelling amongst the tents of Qadar, and we may be uh, sojourning in Meshech. But the, the thing is, we're not supposed to take on Qadar and Meshech. We're supposed to be sojourning through these places so that they take on the, 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 the God who, who, who changed us. So that the, the God who changed us changes them. You see, that's the, that's the idea here. We need to understand that, that these mirrors that we look at, we cannot allow those things into our lives. We cannot allow those things to, to affect the way that we walk, to affect the way that we think. So what are those mirrors that I'm talking about that, that maybe that we listen to? Or, or those things that, <laughs> mirrors that we listen to. Mirrors that we see and that we look at and we gaze at ourselves and, and we kind of uh, um, compare ourselves to, to those things. Don't we look at, don't we look at me, don't we look at TV and movies, magazines and books? We, we look at all kinds of things that are, that are kind of, uh, uh, for lack of a better way, shouting at us and telling us who we should be, who we are. And, and, and I want to say that if these things don't match up with the word of God, we're going to find ourselves in a pretty precarious situation. We're going to find ourselves, even, even like this author of Psalm 120 who calls out in distress, we're going to find ourselves in distress because the, the thing that we were created to be, we're, we're starting to believe that that's not who we are. We're starting to believe that those things are, are really who, who we are. You know, we, we see the, you ever watch the Oscars and, and you see the, you know, the beautiful people walking down the red carpet um, you know, perfectly groomed and beautiful and handsome and, and all this stuff. And we start to take that stuff on and, oh, that's, that's what success is. That's, that's what we really should be attaining to is, is uh, you know, um, I don't know, insert the name. Insert your name. Whoever, whoever you want to look at. We, we look at, you know, the rock stars on stage and, and we, we, we kind of start to take things into our psyche into our souls into our hearts and we we start to say that that's who i should be that's who i am that's who i should be but it's not <laughs> it's not who we should be it's not who we are it's not who we were created to be we need to understand that god has something different for us 
He has something different for us. Those things tell us that we're not enough. They tell us that we're too fat, too skinny, too tall, too short. They tell us all kinds of things about ourselves, and we start to believe them. And it may be, it may be that you have heard that from people in your life that you love and, and maybe love you and maybe have the greatest of intentions for you, but they start to speak those things into your life. Maybe, maybe since the time you were a kid, you were told that you weren't smart. <laughs> what do you think that's going to do when you grow up? Believing that you're not smart. Believing that you're not smart enough. That you can't do it. Or believing that you're not pretty enough. Or believing that you're not handsome enough. Or just believing that you don't even have the capacity to, to, to serve God. You don't have the capacity to, to, to do what he wants you to do. To fulfill your call on his life. Uh, his call on your life. Listen. We need to stop looking at those mirrors. We need to stop looking at those things that are telling us things about ourselves that are not true. And I think that, that this is what this... This, this author in Psalm 120 was, was getting at. He was saying, he was crying out in distress, and he knew where to go. He knew that where he needed to go was not to look around him. It wasn't to go over to Kedar or Meshach and figure out what they were saying. He knew that he called out to God in his distress, and what does it say? God answered him. God answered him. He's going to answer us. He's going to come to us, and if we set aside those things, and get into that perfect word of God, the, the, the mirror that has no fingerprints on it, no, no cracks in it, no bows in it. It'll give you a perfect representation of who you are and who you were called to be. If we start looking at that and, and, and allowing that to change us, man, I think that'll revolutionize our lives. And I think it'll revolutionize our community. Our, not only our city church community, but beyond. Amen. So let me just wrap up real quick here. So I think that the journey is worth, or the destination is worth the journey. I think that all the trouble that we get into and we see along this journey, along this road that we, <laughs> we call life, all these things that we see, I think it's worth it, the troubles, the tribulations, the trials. And even when we get in distress, we just need to know who to call on. We need to know that, that we can go. We have bold access into the throne room of heaven. That's what the Bible tells us. We have bold access into the throne room of heaven. And we need to get in his presence. We need to ascend the hill of God. We need to ascend into Jerusalem to attend, you know, like, like the Hebrews did, to attend those festivals, to, to understand who God is and what he did for us and what he, what he wants to do in us. We're not done. We're not complete. But he wants something. He has some great thing that he needs and he wants and he desires to do in us. So what mirror are you looking at? Are you looking at the mirror of the perfect word of God? Or are you looking at the mirror that is, is, is kind of telling you something else or leading you down a path that, that, that has nothing to do with who you really are? It's, you're looking at a funhouse mirror. And, and you think you're 5,000 pounds, but you're perfect. <laughs> you may think you've got a gigantic head you're looking at, but you're perfect. We need to understand that God has that for us and that we need to stop looking at those places. And I can, we can have the worship team start to come up. Because I, I, th I think that at the same time that they're coming up, I, I also want to, uh, to kind of open the front up a little bit. And, and um, I, I didn't really talk much with the prayer team, but uh, 
Uh, if, if, some, if some of you from the prayer team can um, maybe come up front too and just kind of help out a little bit because I want, uh, I, I want there to be a time and a place where we can kind of come up and, and begin to seek God and begin to ascend into his, into his presence and dwell in his presence and dwell where he is because he needs to do and he wants to do something in each one of our lives. And, and I want this time of prayer to be a time where people who are starting to realize that, that some of the things that they're believing, that they've, they've been believing maybe for a long time in their lives, some, some of these things are not true. That some of these things that, that you may need to get up here with somebody from the prayer team and just kind of walk through some things and, and, and begin to unravel these, some of the lies that you've been told, told. We need to understand that we need to just kind of put the, lay those things at the foot of the cross and kind of walk out of <laughs> that, that place that we were, walk out of Kedar, walk out of Meshach and, and put it at the foot of the cross and cry out in our distress and let God change us. Let God move us. So if I could have everybody stand up, what we're going to do is um, as we, uh, we kind of sing that, the, the last worship song, we're going to get back into a place in a time of worship. And if you have, uh, if you kind of recognize some of these things in your life that you need to get rid of, some of these things that you need to lay down, I want this to be a time where you can get with some of these folks up here and walk through that. Begin that process. Maybe you just need to to, uh, vent to them and say, listen, I, I have been told this for my entire life, and this is not true. This is not true. And you may just need somebody to stand with you and, and believe with you and, and understand with you that that is not true. You're right, that's not true. And they're gonna be able to pour into your life and let you know what is true. They're gonna be able to pour into your life and let you know that God has something great for you, that his thoughts towards you are good. They're not evil, they're not bad, they're not meant to pull you down, they're meant to build you up. Amen? So let's get into worship and just as you feel that, if you, if you wanna pray with somebody, please, Come up and avail yourself of this opportunity right now because I know that these folks would love to pray with you. Amen. Father, we praise you and thank you in Jesus' name, Lord. And I I ask that you would, um, Father, that you would uh, begin to move in hearts. Lord God, as we enter back into your presence and worship, I pray that you would begin to minister to hearts. I pray that you would begin to change hearts. I pray that you would begin to heal broken hearts, Father God, that have been broken for a long time. I pray, Father God, that you would have your way and have your time today. In Jesus' name.